Today's reading is taken from John chapter 3, verses 1 to 8. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs that you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born again when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going to. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. So good morning, everybody. And um, let's just pray before I start. Heavenly Father, we pray that as I speak the words that I've prepared, that you would breathe new life into them, that you would touch hearts, whether we've been here for the first time today or whether we've been here thousands and thousands of times. Just pray that you would speak to us clearly today. Amen. So, <coughs> excuse me. Nicodemus came to Jesus by night. Maybe he was afraid of some criticism or he wanted a private conversation. You know what it's like in a busy place. You try and talk to someone and other people come and stand nearby and they can hear you or interrupt. I'm sure we've all experienced that many times. Or maybe Nicodemus wanted to know more about committing himself self to Jesus. But anyhow, whatever the reason was, he came and asked Jesus some questions. Jesus looked at him and said, Nicodemus, you need to be born again. In the reading, it said, very truly, I tell you. In the old King James Version, it was, verily, verily, I tell you. And you don't have to be in church for too long to realize that whenever Jesus said those words, very truly I tell you, that what he meant to come after that was extremely important. It wasn't just a casual throwaway comment. It was real truth. So Jesus is saying to him, very truly I tell you, you must be born again. Now, Nicodemus must have been a bit stunned when Jesus said that. It wouldn't seem shocking if Jesus had said that to Zacchaeus, the tax collector, or to the thief on the cross next to him, or to the woman that was caught in adultery, or to many of the others that we read about in the Bible. But Nicodemus was a great religious leader at the time. But even so, he was searching for some reality. 
Now, some people even today ask, what is new birth? What is it to be born again? And Nicodemus was asking that question too. How can a man be born when he's already old? He wanted to understand it. You see, Nicodemus fasted two days a week. We know that he was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He was a well-to-do man. He was intelligent because he was a professor of religion. And we know that he knew and taught the law very well. He probably spent a couple of hours every day in prayer. And he would have tithed his 10% to God. But here we've got Jesus saying to Nicodemus, that's not enough. You must be born again. So why did Jesus say that? Well, because he could read the heart of Nicodemus. Jesus saw that Nicodemus had covered himself with religion, religious activity, but hadn't yet found fellowship or relationship with God. You see, Nicodemus just didn't really understand. He'd come to Jesus. He'd been respectful to Jesus. He acknowledged some of the truth about Jesus, but he had questions. And hence he said, can a man enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Now, sometimes if you see a brand new baby, you sometimes wonder how they ever fitted into their mother's womb, even an hour after birth. So you can imagine how confused he must have felt that, you know, I'm a grown man. How am I meant to fit into my mother's womb? And probably his mother was no longer around anyway. So a real confusion. But Jesus often spoke like this when he was trying to teach his Jewish family. In other words, the whole family. He used some figure of speech from the natural world in order to teach some spiritual truth. But often they would miss the spiritual context and just see it as a human illustration or something to follow. And this is what was happening to Nicodemus. Jesus spoke of a second birth, and all he could think about was a literal physical birth. And and probably in his head he was thinking, what do you mean, Jesus? I've already been born. So what we've got here is God trying to show Nicodemus that God has done for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Nicodemus had his religion, had a strong faith in God, but he needed to be born again into a relationship. Religion is one thing, relationship is something else. So Nicodemus really missed the mark, didn't he? He called Jesus rabbi, a teacher. But Jesus is the son of God. Jesus Christ is God. And Nicodemus was missing that fact. 
Now that was a big problem. That's why Jesus said, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Because Nicodemus wasn't seeing Jesus for who he really was. Now the phrase born again Christian at times in the press is used just to represent a certain type of Christian. Like when a pop star or a a politician claims, I'm a born again Christian. But is it only for a few? Is it only for a particular type of Christian? Or no, it's true for every Christian. It's to do with how committed we are to Jesus. So maybe you've come along to church today, but you're still searching for the truth. There's an empty place in your heart, and something inside tells you that you're not really right with God. Who is Jesus to you? Is he a teacher to you? Is he a historical character only? Or is he your God? Is he your Abba, your Daddy? Is he the Son of God? Who is he to you? Think about it. Now, is a rather strange question. How can a black cow eat green grass and produce white milk and yellow butter? A random question. I don't understand that. So I might say, well, because I don't understand how that happens, I'm never going to drink milk again. I'm never going to eat butter again. And some of you might say to that, you're crazy. You might say that anyway. Now, I don't understand it, but I accept that is true because I see the milk, I see the butter, and I've seen lots of cows. I accept it, in a sense, by faith. But Nicodemus could only see the physical and the material But Jesus was talking about the spiritual. So how is new birth, new life accomplished? Well, we cannot inherit new birth. The Bible says that those who are born again were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Our parents may be the greatest born-again Christians in the world. But that doesn't make us born-again Christians. Many people do grow up with the idea that because they're born into a Christian home, they're automatically Christians. But that's not the way it works. Neither can we work our way to God. The Bible says, salvation comes not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. But neither is reformation enough. We might say, I'm going to turn over a new leaf, or I'm making this as a New Year's resolution. Maybe at the start of a new school year, students and teachers alike might say, this year I'm going to do X, Y, Z. But... In the Old Testament, in the book of Isaiah, it says that in God's sight, all our righteousnesses are like filthy rags. 
we can come up with these ideas for ourselves. But trying to do them by ourselves doesn't really work. So some of us have changed on the outside to conform to certain social standards or behavior that's expected of us in churches. But deep down inside, we might never have actually changed. And that's what Jesus was talking to Nicodemus about. He said, Nicodemus, you need changing on the inside. And only the Holy Spirit can do that. Being born from above is a supernatural act of God. The Holy Spirit convicts us of our sin. He disturbs us because we've sinned against God. We get that uneasiness, can't settle feeling. And then the Holy Spirit regenerates us. That's when we are born again. The Holy Spirit comes to live in our hearts to help us to live our daily lives. The Spirit of God gives us assurance, gives us joy, produces fruit in our lives, and teaches us through the Scriptures. Maybe sometimes we try to imitate Jesus and think all we've got to do is try and follow him, do the things he did, and we'll get into heaven. But just doing that on its own won't work. We might know all the religious songs. We might even pray. But if we haven't been at the foot of the cross, confessed our sins, and welcomed Jesus into our lives, we haven't been born again. And that's the message that Jesus was trying to teach here. So to be born again means that God will give us a new heart and put a new spirit within us. It says that in the Old Testament in Ezekiel. Another verse from the Bible. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Another one. We are partakers of the divine nature. We have passed from death into life. The new birth brings about a change in our philosophy and the way we live. Now, there is a mystery to the new birth. We don't fully understand it. As in the last verse we heard, the wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but you can't tell where it comes from and where it's going. But you can see the result. Jesus didn't attempt to explain new birth to Nicodemus because our finite minds cannot understand the infinite. So we need to come by simple childlike faith, put our faith in Christ Jesus, and when we do, we are born again. So back to Nicodemus. He wasn't seeing Christ for who he was. And here's an illustration which I know for sure some of you sitting in front of me are going to totally get. Imagine that I am an eye surgeon and people come and see me because they've got cataracts. Now, with cataracts, and my optician has told me I've got very early beginnings of them, so I'll find out this one day. Cataracts grow in such a way that your vision deteriorates, but you might not realize it at the time, but you begin to see not to be able to see the details. You might not notice bits of dust 
on the floor or flecks of something on the floor. Your vision is just not perfect anymore. In the same way, as we go through life, we sin, and sin gets in our hearts. And Jesus knows our heart. So imagine this patient comes to see me. They've got a cataract, and we arrange to do the surgery. When the dressings are taken off, how do they see? Margaret, how do you see after a cataract operation? Wonderful. You can see, if the operation has gone well, you can see so much detail that you've been missing out on for years. It can be a bit like that when we are born anew into a relationship with Jesus. Our view of the world changes. We see, start to see things from God's perspective rather than our own. We start to realize we've got that sin inside us and we can confess that sin and be made clean. So how do you feel you're doing? Do you think you're a good person? I would say you probably are pretty good. But are you perfect? Anyone think they're perfect? Have you ever stolen something? Have you ever told a lie? Have you ever been jealous of something your neighbor or friend's got? Because the Bible says we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, that sin has, effect, has infected all people. That's why we need our spiritual cataracts removed. We need those, our eyes and our heart regenerated so we can see as God wanted us to see. So the process. First we hear the word of God. In Romans it says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's the first step. Now, it might seem a bit strange that words from a Bible have the power to penetrate our hearts and change lives. But they do, because they're not just words, they are God's holy words. So we can read our Bible and it will speak to us. And then there's the work of the Holy Spirit. He will convict us. And the verse says, when he has come, in other words, the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. He changes us. He changes our wills, our affections, our objectives for living. Changes so many things. We have a new purpose and new goals. In 2 Corinthians it says, old things pass away and everything becomes new. And another verse that you'll recognize, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? So answer the question for yourself, does God the Holy Spirit live in you? Jesus Christ says that we must be born again, just as he said that about Nicodemus. So in summary, how do we do that? Well, by repenting of sin. 
that means we're willing to change our way of living. We say to God, I'm a sinner and I'm sorry. It's simple and childlike. Then, by faith, we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Master and Saviour. We're willing to follow him in a new life of obedience, in which the Holy Spirit helps us to read the Bible and pray and tell others about Jesus. So to see the kingdom of God is to become a citizen of it and to enjoy the blessings of that new and eternally promising relationship. When we enter into God's kingdom, we're born into it. We're born into that relationship with God. If you've been in any doubt in your mind about whether you are a Christian, that you've been born again, I hope you'll settle it today because in the Bible it says in 2 Corinthians, now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. Would the band like to come up while I pray? Father, we know that our relationship with you is one that totally changes our lives, sometimes drastically in a quick way, and other times slowly and gradually. But we know that you deal with us as individuals. You know our strengths, you know our weaknesses, you know what we can understand. You know our situations. And Father, I want to pray that if there's anyone in here that hasn't yet made that step of being born again, that you would help them to take that step. Just pray that anyone who hasn't taken that step, that you would just encourage them to maybe speak to somebody, to come and speak to me at the end or to Geraint and, and that your family can be extended even more today. Thank you that you are a God who wants that relationship with your people, that you're not a God who is just in the distance and cold, but that you are a, a real, live, warm, loving, caring Father to us all. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for us and making it possible for us to be born again and to live in your kingdom. Amen.